Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and I've got a couple very special guests for you today. These are the owners of El Alambre, which is an awesome Mexican restaurant with two locations in Omaha. It really wasn't on my radar until a few months ago, and now I absolutely love it. This is Alfredo and Alexis Hernandez. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. And thanks for the invitation. Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure because I've become a huge fan. I had a, a friend in the restaurant industry. He's been on the podcast, and, and he was hitting me up, and he was like, have you had El Alambre? And I was like, oh, I've, I've never been there. And he's like, you have to go. Like, I will take you. They have the best sopes I've ever tasted. <laughs> and, yeah, I went, and I think I was back within the next two or three weeks because I was like, yeah, I need to try more of this menu because it's a big menu. So I just I just want to open it up to you guys to, to kind of start it off. Something I like to do is just to allow my guests to give kind of an introduction to their restaurant. How would you describe El Alambre, and, and what makes it different from the other Mexican restaurants in Omaha? Well, uh, the Alambre is like a, a typical play for a Mexico city. It's, uh, it's, it's like a fajitas, you know, but it's like a style that's from the Mexico city. The difference of the, the fajitas in this play is like uh, they're coming with cheese on top. In Mexico city, it's like uh, very typical in every like a, a taquerias, you know, there's the same like restaurants. The, the Alambres and Tacos al Pastor, it's always have to be in that locations, you know, because it's very typical. Tacos al Pastor and Tacos al Suadero and Alambres. So that's very, very, very common. And uh, the idea for this one was because I think the American like cheese. So that's, I think, wow, maybe if all this kind of play, it will be better, you know. I'm trying to find the people or restaurants to sell like that, but it was... Some restaurants, they have it, but not like a very good. Well, that's my opinion, you know. And I'm trying to do that. And people like it. Like it. I remember um, the first time and uh, we, we opened the restaurant for uh, the Harrison Street. And the area is most American people, you know. It's not Latin people. It's not like uh, Obi Mall because a lot of people. And the Obi Mall is kind of... I want to say maybe thirty percent Latinos, you know, they know that that uh, that mall. And I remember that day. So uh, people coming in. Oh, what is this? Is uh, what is the alarm? Trying to explain. Oh no, thank you. And I remember one day, just uh, the the restaurant was like a fall. A lot of people waiting for 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 food, and just uh, I remember somebody make the order for alambres and chilaquiles. And I'm coming through for the people, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You know, what is that? What is that? What is that? I say, that's Alambre. And they're chill Oh, my God. Next time. Next time. Next time. And I don't know. Now we are selling a lot. People like it. And I think it was, I don't know. Sometimes people, they need to see the, the, the plates to see what is that, you know. And that, in that time, we didn't have pictures in the, the restaurant. Now we have. And so that was kind of funny. And now... Most people, when some people recommend the restaurant, say you have to try the house special, you know, because the Alambres is pretty good. That was the idea for the Al Alambre. And, and just for clarity's sake for the listeners, because I think a lot of people listening, if they haven't been to El Alambre, probably don't know what an Alambre is. Like you said, it's, it's a fajita-style 
dish from Mexico City. It includes steak, bacon, chorizo, onions, and then it's all topped with melty cheese. And you put that in tortillas. If you oh sorry, green pepper oh, too, and, pepper. and green peppers. How dare I forget? <laughs> if you don't think that sounds delicious, you should just shut shut this episode off right now because you should not be listening to a food podcast. That sounds awesome. So t- take me back to that that uh, that moment that you were just describing a little bit more. And as as people are seeing this dish for the first time, they're like, "Hey, like, what is that? Is what kind of feeling does that give you?" And that you know, you have this special dish, and and people maybe weren't recognizing it, but once they see it, they're just like, "Oh man, I need that. That's got to be a special feeling, right?" Right. And and actually, I think that uh, it was interesting for the uh, I want to say the the Americans because it was cheese on top. You know, when <laughs> yeah. they see the cheese, they say, "Oh, what is that?" And because Normally, you know the uh, the real Mexican food. They're not coming with a lot of cheese. You know that's so the only probably we are using more like a queso fresco, more like a, 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 a scramble scramble cheese, crumbly crumble cheese, crumble cheese. And uh, so when people saw the plate and they say, "Oh, that's cheese," or that like that, it's kind of more family with the Mexican American food. You know, but this place is very typical in Mexico. So that's is is. It's, uh everybody like it in Mexico City. It's very typical, and it's very, like, uh, if you want to go out with somebody, it's like, okay, let's go to a weekend. Friday and Saturday is the best days for, let's go to take a lumber with my girlfriend or my friend or somebody. It's like, uh, go together for the tacos. And uh, the other one is, I think, the other one is, uh, when we're cooking the, the alambre, and when the alambre is ready, it smells like uh, the the bacon and chorizo, and 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 the combination with the the, the uh, everything of the meat and the steak. Is when you when the plate is on your table, you can smell something like different. Like, <sighs> if you see the plate like a kind of a little pretty is something like that okay so that's is like oh i would like to try that you know it's it is good you know uh sometimes people say okay um and my first recommendation for other people is because they're coming on couple and i say okay no i want to try tacos and okay try tacos and one alambre and split you know oh that's a good idea and then, oh my god yeah give me one more and one for two go okay so that's good so that's a good so I say, yeah, just kind of going back to your original question. Um, I mean, knowing that we were going to be serving the alambres, that's kind of where the kind of the name came from, and um, just to make it um, something that was, we wanted to especially highlight that that's something that we have that really nobody else has, and if they have it, it's not the same style. Um, so having that's kind of where the the name came from um, was when we were looking to, to open up our own taqueria. Um, well, uh, I think that the name it was kind of a little. Difficult because sometimes uh, most people is if you want to see the uh, the Mexican food or the restaurant Mexican food is like uh, las marías like everything in Spanish el alambre is 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 like it's it's Spanish you know but most people say el alambre what is that you know that is not because this is only from Mexico City. So it is not very. The name is not very common for the rest of the, of the states in the Mexico, and a lot of people from another states from Mexico. They don't know what is the alambre. So it's not, not. 
It's not something that they're familiar with. Yes, it's it, more, a lot of people ask, think there's like an Indian restaurant or something like that. You know, probably it was my little, I don't know, error in me, on me, on the, on the name. But uh, when they know what is the Alambre, if you go and check it in, in Google or on the internet, and you can put the El Alambre plate or something like that, you will see what is that, this kind of food, you know. So that was the, the name. I said, okay, I, want, I need to do something like uh, uh, something different for the another restaurants, but something the Americans like it, you know, and that's what I think. I said, Alhambra probably is a probably good, uh, I don't know how you call when they say you can, like a hang. Like to grab, like grab your attention? Yes, or? something like that, you know, because they say, okay, if he... People see the alambre, maybe they can try in the tacos. Mm-hmm. Because um, the alambre is pretty good. People like it, but we're selling a lot of tacos also. You know? So that's like, okay, I like this one, but I want to try this one. So that, that was the point. And, and my idea when I'm trying to they say, okay, I want a Mexican restaurant, a little different. There are other restaurants, kind of taqueria, but something like a authentic Mexican food. Um, the other one is uh, many... Many people say, why do you not make uh, flour tortillas? Why do you not make uh, ground beef? We're trying to do authentic Mexican food. So if you, right now we're trying to put more items on my menu, but it was like, we want to do something real authentic. If you go to Mexico, you can see the same tacos. You will see the alambre. You will see the sopes, the gorditas, the chilaquiles. So because this is the real authentic Mexican food, you know? Yeah, we do serve uh, nachos and asada fries, which are not authentic, and we admit it. Yeah. We also got our start <laughs> in a, you know, the Oakview Mall food court, so being in the mall, that kind of was where that came from, is that people, you know, serving also what the people want, um, because Americans are going to know, you know, nachos, and once you try the asada fries, um, that's something that's, you know, delicious. And so I always tell people it's, it's not authentic, but it's you know, delicious. Uh, so those are the only two things on our menu that are not something that you're going to find necessarily if you go step across the border. <laughs> well, that's kind of a common theme that I've found in doing this show. And I think it's genius is that people who are introducing a new cuisine or maybe, you know, some new dishes to Omaha, something that, um, you know, Americans might not be used to, they present it in ways in which they are familiar, which might be nachos or fries and people those diners who order those things they really like it and then they say okay i'm gonna come back next time maybe i'll try those chili chiles or i saw somebody order the el alambre next time i'm getting that so maybe the fries and the nachos aren't the most authentic thing but they get some people in the door they let them experience your flavors and then maybe next time they're a little bit more adventurous and they dive into the menu a little bit more um just kind of examining the thought of authentic Mexican food, which I, you guys absolutely serve. No question about that. Authentic, I feel like is, is such a buzzword, um, in, in food circles. Like in your, in your mind, what defines authentic and and what separates you guys from, you know, and not saying anything bad about these restaurants, but the restaurants that are serving the ground beef and, you know, some, some things that Americans might recognize as Mexican food, but it's not really truly authentic to the country i think it's the um how do you cook because if you can i mean um i've been working in some american restaurants if you cook the same meat 
but in the with the Mexican season, it's it changes the flavor, and how do you cook that also? So I think that's just the the difference because it's pork and that's beef, you know. That's it. That's the same. You can do it. Everybody can do it. But this is how do you cook that? So that's the secret, you know. That is the recipe for everybody. And uh, the other one is, I think, is uh, some sometimes the combinations of the meat is is not like a, it's not like a how can I say that it's not very typical in the United States, you know, because it's like a, here is just ground beef, that's it, or chicken, and that's it, fried chicken. A lot of people ask me, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, when I come in, I say, okay, what kind of meat would you like? Okay, beef. Um, yeah, uh, you like steak, we have chick, we have uh, uh, shared beef. Just beef? I said, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, what about grilled steak? Uh, you don't have a uh, ground beef? I say, yeah, I'm sorry, we don't have ground beef. Oh, no, we're looking for beef. Uh, okay, so sometimes it's... It's the same, you know, uh, but we are not, in Mexico, there is not very normal to cook anything with ground beef. You know, it's more like a steak or uh, uh, like a pork or chicken. And uh, the other one is marinated, marinated, you know, marinated chicken or marinated pork. So uh, the salsa is very important, you know, they're not spicy. But it's very important. Example of that the marine pork. A lot of people know the um, tacos al pastor. That is nice, spicy. But it's just, just like well, he just has with a lot of species. And that's it. So that's the difference. It's like uh, uh, how you cook, I think. This is the difference between the Mexican food, American food, Indian food. Mm-hmm. Now, I love that we have gotten into talking about the meats because one of my favorite things about El Lombre is just the flavor of the meats themselves are just so pronounced in a way that I, I myself am not all that familiar with. And I, I'm trying to expand my palate into getting into more authentic Mexican food. But I find that a lot of Mexican places you go to, like there's just there's so much loaded on top of a taco or a burrito. There's rice and sour cream and salsa and lettuce and guacamole all this stuff that by the time you actually take a bite you can't you can barely even taste the meat like if you can't see it you barely even know what you're eating that's not the case that i found at el alambre like when you get chorizo it has that brilliant like spicy pop that you're looking for the carne asada is like buttery and kind of smoky the lengua is just amazing i'm gonna ask you more about that in a minute but what to you guys is the key to just amping up the flavor on that meat and really allowing that to be the star of every dish? I think it's natural. It's not like a frozen, uh, frozen beef or anything is frozen. Everything is cooking in the moment. Mm-hmm. And when you cook something in the moment, I think the flavor is juicy, you know, and it's fresh. And that's where I, you can feel it. All the time, you know. If you have meat frozen and you cook, the flavor is gone. So that's the difference, hundred percent. Because everything's uh, fresh. Yes, exactly. Everything is fresh, and we are cooking at the moment. So if we are selling something 
in the afternoon. Right now they are cooking, you know, because I'm I'm going to back to work and I'm going to sell that, you know, and prepare everything. So I think that's is very important when for the flavor. And not just for me, for all the restaurants or all the meats. If you cook everything fresh, it will grate the frozen meats or something like that. I would say also Alfredo just in my mind has a great a very refined palate like he's one of those people who can taste something and tell you which seasons seasonings were used in them um so he's able to you know create you know, new recipes like the the pollo adobado um is something that we just started serving uh during when covid started and meat prices went through the roof the especially the steak uh, or the beef prices and so he was looking for another alternative um something that um he could you know basically put together that you know, wasn't going to use steak, but yet would have um, you know, a lot of flavor. And he basically created his own recipe for the the marinated chicken then. Um, and that's actually, um, you know, that's his ability to take seasonings and you know just know what to put in in the right amounts. I'm sure he did a lot of testing as well, but it was something that he just kind of created on, on the fly, basically, that's become a huge bestseller. I mean, when you've got people who, you know, chicken doesn't have... A lot of people order chicken, and you, you ask them, "Do you want the shredded chicken, which they're familiar with, or do you want to try the marinated?" And um, a lot of people, you know, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, give me some of that. Uh, let me try that one." Um, and it's been, you know, people who used to come in and get four asada tacos now have switched to give me four the pollo adobado. Um, but that's just, you know, I think a lot of it is his ability to to taste and, and refine the recipes um, to get really the best flavor out of, of those foods. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, actually, you brought up sopes in the beginning, um, and it's actually um, <laughs> for me. There's a, a personal conne- connection. Um, you know, 13 years ago, we went on our first date. We went to a, a, a taqueria that his brother owns, and he ordered me a, a sope. Um, it was actually a, a rice sope, um, and basically, you know, from that moment on, we've been together. Um, so it's kind of uh, you know one of those things that whenever you know I'm giving people. Uh, recommendations, I always have to, you know, throw it in the sopes there because it's, you know, just got a personal touch for me. Um, but anyways, so the sopes, um, I mean, basically anything that we can, we have on our menu for the most part, not the, like a, not the carne asada platter, obviously, because that's just meat. Um, almost everything else though can be made in a vegetarian way. Um, you can substitute rice or beans, um, on the sopes, on the gorditas, um, the chilaquiles, you just leave off the meat. Uh, yeah tacos, rice and bean tacos. Um, but basically because of the fact that everything we make is from fresh ingredients, we don't have, you know, some sort of, and a lot of restaurants that I've been to, um, you know, you've got, got a, a prepackaged something that you're going to put on, um, on top of it in a, a platter. And so you can't, you know, leave off the meat. Um, but the fact that, you know, everything, all of our vegetables are individual, all of our sauces are individual, that basically like you can, um, mimic those flavors to get the same, you know, flavors um, on most of the the dishes that we serve um, without meat uh, on them. Um, we've got you know, friends who are vegan who come in and you know they get their every Taco Tuesday. Um, they get their you know rice and bean tacos, um, and we make sure that we you know are very upfront with people as well about you know what ingredients are in things. You know, we make sure that um, we don't use say um, like chicken stock in the rice because we know that that's something that vegetarians are going to want. Um, to eat. And so it's, you know, has more of a tomato base, um, specifically so that we can say, you know, this stuff is vegetarian, this stuff is gluten-free. Um, these things, we actually just, <laughs> we just had a lady ask about MSG and actually put a lot of research into telling her these things have MSG and here's why, you know, you may or may not want to eat certain things. Um, but, you know, basically we try to especially recognize those, um, dietary needs, um, and you know, mark them on our, our menu. 
I'd say that, um, you know, that's one of the things that we, we like to, um, to be able to, to specialize in, in, uh, being able to come up with something that almost everybody can eat, you know, let, you know, you know, we can leave this off to make it vegan. We can leave this off, um, to make it, you know, you know these are the things that are, um, gluten-free. Um, we make like our sopes and our gorditas that's made, you know, by hand, um, back in our, you know, back in our kitchen. And, um, and so we're able to, you know, tell them, tell someone who's gluten-free, you know, these things don't have, you know, the corn tortillas don't have gluten in them. The sopes, the gorditas, they don't have, uh, gluten in them the only things we've got that have gluten would be the tor- the tortas because that's a sandwich um and then you know, quesadilla or a burrito um that's the only flour that we really use in our entire restaurant is in those things but everything else you know we're able to to keep um you know, with just a pure corn base uh, that allows people who are um, celiac or have a gluten sensitivity to be able to eat those things so and I, I think that that's really important because there are a lot of dietary restrictions or dietary choices that people have made these days and if you you know want to come in with a group of people or even just two people who are on a date or something and somebody wants you know a bunch of steak and and somebody doesn't like you want to be able to cater to both of those so mm-hmm. i commend you guys for doing that we got to get back into this sopes sopes are what brought you guys <laughs> together that that at least on the first date <laughs> maybe that that wasn't the defining characteristic of the relationship but I, I want to, before we get into that story, I think we need to define what a sope is because a lot of Omahans might not even know. In fact, I hadn't had my first sope until probably four or five months ago, and I'm addicted to them. So I, I just want to lay it out there for you guys. What is a sope and what makes it so special? Well, uh, the sope is like a fat tortilla, you know, it's like a, it's a fry, fry, and they're coming with meat, uh, lettuce meat and cheese and sour cream on top. So this is very typical in Mexico. It's only like a, a corn flour, nothing else, water. And I think that's what I'm saying. It's fresh. So we do it every day. You know, so this is, that's the difference. It's like a tortillas. If he, uh, it's not like a, uh, I mean, the soap is in the gorditas, if we will sell in today, like uh, uh, just the number, I'm, I want to say like uh, 50 or 100, okay, are done, we're making more. We're not making for two or three days. You know, it's all, everything is like uh, fresh. And that's just pretty good. The flavor is good. You can taste the real uh, uh, corn flour, you know, and that's just a pretty good combination entre fry and, uh, and, and tortilla. It's like a tostadas, but it's like kind of more fat in this one. It's more like a, it's a little different, you know. And this is from Mexico City. I don't want to say, because in Mexico, all Mexico knows what is sope. Sometimes make like a small one, like us, or sometimes making a little more bigger than that. But this is not a specific thing. This is, it's making fresh. And the other one is, I think, is the meat. You know, if you're doing everything fresh, but you can put like a fresh meat in your top and your sope, steak. So the combination and the fresh meat and fresh uh, sope, I think the flavor is good. 
kind of struggle with describing to somebody what a sope is. I usually, um, like you said, like a fat tortilla is how it starts off, um, like just kind of a, a little patty, and then we turn the edges up, and it almost looks like a little pizza crust, mm-hmm. um, like a little miniature p- pizza crust. Um, this The gorditas then start off the same way with that fat tortilla. That one then is then sliced uh, in half, and then basically that's cooked, and then the, the stuff is put inside, all the ingredients are put inside, versus a sope, which is fried, which makes everything better. Um, and then, um, with everything on top of the, the kind of little, the sope, um, base there that like, looks like a, an English muffin or a, <laughs> or a pizza crust. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely something that like a lot of places you, you know, growing up around here, you wouldn't have ever tried that, but something that definitely I'd recommend for That is good because, uh, sometimes people asking for something fried. I say, okay, we have gorditas. Oh, but that's our fried? No, our, our soft. Oh. Soaps are fried. Oh, okay. That's right. I don't know why. People like like a soft and people like something like a fry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of, it was like a good tip. I say, okay, soaps is good. The other one is, I want to say something. And when, I don't know, yeah, I'm just talking with a, a friend like a, a couple of weeks ago about this. For some reason, uh, and I want to say, just in Omaha because I never been there in another state so talking about this but the salsa people asking for red salsa uh, and specific for the Americans I say okay would you like some salsa yes red and I say oh I'm sorry but the red is spicy oh no 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 green we are talking I don't know if he, if, if some people just is the red is like uh, the best salsa or I don't know but most people just say it like that, red, all the time. If I'm asking for salsa, or oh, red salsa. I say, okay, the red is spicy. Oh, no, 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 no. Green? Yeah, green. Green is okay. Oh, give me green. And that was the, and, and I remember for three years or four years ago, you know, and a lot of people asking me for uh, salsa, and I say, okay, the red is spicy. Oh, no, no, green. And, okay, let me try the red one. Okay. Oh, Red is spicy, but it's good. Give me more red <laughs> one there, you know? And, and and that is pretty good. Right now, we're selling, or we, the people, they want more red salsa than green salsa. That is spicy, but it's a good flavor. And I think for this, you ask, what is the difference, El Alambre and the different restaurants? And I think this is the salsa is very important of the any restaurants. If you have a very good food, but if you don't have a good salsa, that is not good. Because the tacos, this is good, but the combination of the tacos is always with salsa. If you don't have a good salsa, uh, probably the tacos is good, but the salsa not good. And I think people like the salsa. You know, and the red one is, is very spicy, but... The green one is good, you know. Most a lot of people ask not spicy, but they like the tomatillo flavor. I say, okay, the red one, the green one is good. They try and it's perfect. If you like spicy, red one, you know. Sorry, no, don't don't <laughs> say sorry. I love that because I I love that insight in that I, I've never really thought of the salsa as like a necessary component of yeah. a taco because so often tacos are served without salsa and then you know you're provided with a couple and it's kind of like well if you want to add it there are these varying levels of heat one of them might be a pico de gallo or something but i've never been like oh this this i need to put salt i usually put salsa on because i love hot 
food and I love extra flavor. But I like that you kind of brought the idea that salsa is a necessary component to a taco. Is right. is that is that how tacos are authentically eaten? Yes. So it's just like uh, always if the taco is not good without salsa. On this same note or similar note, though, um, someone like my brother who wants like his – uh, you know, it's something at a negative one or whatever. If you're looking for a spice level, he can't handle spice at all. Um, he always comments how the the asada itself or the you know the, the meat itself is so flavorful that you don't have you don't need that salsa. I think that's one of the huge uh, differences um, for people who maybe grew up eating, you know, uh, Americanized Mexican food or Tex-Mex and things like that. Like a lot of people expect um, for Mexican food to be spicy. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's not actually the case with authentic Mexican food. Basically, like one of the things that's um, that's important um, you know, with our food is that it's flavorful. It's, it, it can stand on its own, um, and that it's it. We only have one dish really that comes already pre-spiced. Um, that's going to be your chilaquiles. Everything else, basically, you add this spice level that you want. That you add the salsa if you want it, um, or you can you know leave it off if you don't want salsa. If you don't have that um, you know that desire for something spicy. Um, I always uh, feel the need to, especially um, when people are asking about the salsas, um, you know, the, I always tell people that the red is spicier than the green, but the, the red is spicier than the green, but the green is not mild. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> we all, um, we, you get somebody who wants something mild, and I think it's important to what my husband thinks is spicy, um, being growing up and burning his tongue off with, you know, <laughs> with chili, everything growing up in Mexico. Um, and, you know, someone who grew up in uh, Indiana or Nebraska or something like that, you know, we don't have that same experience of eating chili from, you know, the time that we're weaned off, <laughs> off of milk. Um, and so we, you know, often have a, a different idea of what spicy is. Um, so I always feel the need to, to really kind of, um, to explain to people that yes, the red is the hotter than the green, but the green isn't um, isn't going to be mild. the The closest we have to mild is our chip salsa. Um, that's got a little bit of, of a bite to it, um, but that's uh, you know that's a, the closest we get to, to mild. Um, but it's one of the things I also um, tell people is you know just try it, put a, a drop of the salsa on it, and see wh- you know how much can you stand. Um, in previous uh, experiences with people, um, I've had someone who gets mad at us because they dumped their entire thing of salsa on top of their food without having tried it before to figure out how um how spicy it is and then they get mad because their food is you know ruined is like we didn't tell you to dump you know a gallon Mm -hmm. of salsa on your on your food but yeah i always tell people just um you know if you're not sure um just you know try this one because the red and the green salsas have very different flavors um i personally prefer the red but i'm starting off with a drop here and there just because i'm you know girl who grew up in indiana and <laughs> i like the flavor but i don't have that that the ability to to stomach that much uh that spice but um yeah and yeah something uh-huh. i i want to point out something real quick here and uh i think this is always important to mention when we're talking about hot food is that when you say that things are, aren't necessarily mild yes I, i've had you guys salsas they do have some kick but they also have a ton of flavor when hot things have flavor they can still be very, very good, even if someone, like, they say, I don't like spicy food, I don't like hot sauce. Well, this salsa isn't just hot sauce. It has, like you mentioned, the fresh tomatillos that really add that brightness and that acidity a little bit. Like, it's not just heat on top of heat, but there's flavor built into it, and I think that really takes it kind of to a new level. Sorry, go ahead, Alfredo. You were saying No, no, no. Uh, you're right. Uh, I think the... The salsa is, is, is a little different, and the only one is um, 
I've been eating in many Mexican restaurants, and sometimes the salsa, or now it's just the flavor, tomatillo flavor, but it's nothing else, you know. And the red one, normally is not spicy. Actually, many restaurants they're not selling a spicy or a spicy salsa because maybe they don't like it. You know? And here, uh, it's very important to tell the people say, okay, the red one is spicy. You know, that's the first. But it is good because the people, they want to try it. Right now, uh, we are selling spicy or red salsa. Because they want, okay, give me, it's a, we are selling like a 8 ounces or 12 ounces cups. So just the red sauce. And that's like a Mexican guy. There's American as well. Okay, I like it. So it's, it's because they didn't like it. And the flavor is good. Many people just come and buy and use salsa. I say, can I have one container? Are you selling salsa? Oh, yes. Okay, give me one of this one. Oh, okay, cool. So um, this is good one because I think if you eating something, it's very important the salsa. If salsa is good, your food is better. Uh, and I don't know how can I say this, but in Mexico is very, the salsa is very important for the food, but it's not a spicy food also. It's just for the flavor. Yes. You know, if he, if he, in all the, ta- in Mexican tables, in Mexico, if you got set up the, the table, always is up one bowl of salsa in salt. Always, you know, but the food is not spicy. It's always there. It's coming together for that one, you know, the, the salsa and, and something. So it's uh, many people, when they're coming, the first question is, what is not spicy? It's like, nothing is spicy. <laughs> Except for you the chilaquiles. Well, the chil- that's what I'm okay. saying. The chilaquiles is a little spicy, just, uh, but not really. But are you eating before salsa? I say, yes. Or, okay. Not spicy, you know. But if you know, if you've never tried nothing, no salsa, okay, maybe it's a spicy for you, you know. But uh, uh, everybody, I mean, all the employees knows that. I was tell the guys, if you never eat in salsa, so that's just a little spicy, so don't eat it that. And the red one, be careful with that one. I just <laughs> one, but sorry, it's one, uh, one time, I'm sorry, just one time, no, just, I remember a couple of ladies, just come through and ask, you know, say, okay, I would like to try the tacos. Okay, yes, ma'am. What can I get for you? Okay, give me one steak taco and one steak taco for the other lady. Okay. And I say, okay, uh, would you like some salsa? Say, okay, red sauce. I say, uh, ma'am, uh, the red one is spicy. Sure. And we come back later and say, I'm sorry, I cannot eat this. Okay. You say, why? What's the problem? The food is not good. It's very spicy. I say, man, but you put all the container in just one taco. <laughs> of course it's spicy. It's spicy for me too. I say, no, but it's okay. So don't worry. So I give it a no tacos and that's it, you know. I say, don't put salsa in that. But sometimes uh, it's, it's funny because people, for some reason, they think the red salsa is not spicy. They probably equate it with like your I don't know your jarred salsa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like jarred, yep. yeah. Or like maybe they are um, thinking about the salsa chips or something like that. So it does. So all the time we need to be like the red one is spicy. Okay. It all goes back to 
um, Alexis's tip earlier. Just try like a dab first. Mm. See if you like it. And then if you want to dump the whole thing on your taco, you're free to do that. That is your right, but maybe don't start off doing that. Yep. So we have done a lot of talking about food, which is awesome, and that's it's been tremendous. I want to get into a little bit of the history behind the restaurant, and I think that that starts with you guys and your history. And Alexis, you already mentioned the first date that you guys had. How did you guys meet, and how did, how did you get together? So... Um we met outside of Espana. Um, it was a, a tapas uh, place that turned into a bar at night, right. and I um, had gone out. Um, they had a, they would have salsa, excuse me, salsa dancing on like Saturday nights or Friday nights, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so I'd gone up there with a friend um, and actually met Alfredo in a parking lot just through mutual friends, um, and then um, we ended up exchanging numbers. And um, the next day, w- you know, went out um, and. Yeah, he took me to a restaurant that had uh, sopes and um, then been together ever since, basically. Um, going on 13 years of marriage uh, on the 4th of September, so that's... Wow, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, I mean, we... Yeah, there was an instant connection there, I guess, and it's all luckily worked out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we basically, um, yeah, met there outside of España. Um, I just feel like it's so cliche to, like, meet somebody in a bar. So I always am, like, <laughs> uh, clear for the, to clarify that we met outside of there. Um, but, yeah, so we met outside the bar, um, exchange numbers. Um, his first question to me was, what are your goals in life? Which, to me, wow, was, like. that's deep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good for you, man. Just getting right to the heart of the matter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, for me, basically, you know, this wasn't someone who's, like, you know, just trying to, like, chat somebody up in a, you know, outside of a bar or something like that. Um, I don't know. He's probably got a different perspective on things. But um, th- that's one of the things that's always kind of stuck out in my mind is that he was, you know, interested in me as a person and my thoughts and my goals and um, and things like that. I mean, never probably imagined that, I don't know, maybe you imagined that you'd find the woman that had perfect answer to that question, but I don't know. <laughs> What's your, you can tell your side story. It's the same. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Good, good husbanding right there. <laughs> she, she has it exactly right. No, you know, uh, yeah, that was true. I remember that day, you know, but I think there was, I mean, it was important for me, and oh, what is important from the, or oh, what was important? I think it was uh, where the people feeling, how the people, uh, I mean, the feelings is very important for me, and uh, she's very uh, honest, she was very honest, and uh, I think that was the, that was a very good, when I saw that one, and she's speaking, and we were speaking, talking, and uh, the ideas, and uh, what do you think in your future? I remember that. What was your fu- What do you think about your future? What would you like to do in your future? Because I have a future all the time, no? And this is very important for me, come with somebody they want the future. Right. I know some people, is, what would you want to do? Uh, I don't know. Mm, okay. So, uh, I don't know. So, maybe I'm kind of... Crazy, but <laughs> definitely yeah. not crazy. It's, yeah. it's good to to have, especially if you're someone who has your mind thinking about you know what's coming. You want to be with someone who also has that same mindset. That that way, you guys can push together. I'd say Alfredo definitely is very focused on um, future goals and making his goals a reality um, for you know f- for years. So when we first got married, he worked in, in a, uh, a 
a well-known chicken restaurant here in Omaha that had been open for 40 years and unfortunately it's closed uh, recently, but uh, he, you know, he was working there and he was uh, worked his way up from, you know, being at one point a, a dishwasher all the way up to where he was, you know, training the new people that were coming in. And he was really the, you know, the center of the, the, the cooking staff there. Um, and then you had the opportunity to go off and um, you know, run a, a taqueri and then eventually to start our own restaurant. But he always, from the minute that we met almost, he always had this idea that someday he was going to have a restaurant. And for me, um, you know, I'm looking at, okay, it's one thing to work in a restaurant and to cook very well, but there's so much more that goes into um, being able to run a restaurant. Um, all the, you know, from the ordering to the, you know, to the, just all the, you know, the recipes and all these things that I'm not good at. <laughs> but I mean, he was able to basically, you know, take what he, all of the, the knowledge that he gained over those, you know, 15 years or so working in somebody else's restaurant um, and turn that into ways to make, you know, a restaurant that's very well functioning, you know, runs well and basically turn it from, you know, the, proved to me, I guess, that his talents didn't just lie in the kitchen um, and basically in the, you know, the business side and management uh, of things and just being able to um, to pull it all together uh, to where really, I mean, I say, you know, I, he is the restaurant. Um, without him, the restaurant doesn't run. Um, and you know, he's got the, you know, the aching back and feet and everything to prove it because, you know, he's he does so much for the restaurant. Um, and so I think that, yeah, that's something that's really important is that he's always had, you know, whether it be, you know, to own our own house, to have our children, to have, um, you know, to have his own business, to, you know, have all of those things. He's very much, you know, about visualizing the future and always kind of focused on, um, you know, knowing where he wants to get to and then working, working his butt off to, to make it happen. So. So on that point, Alfredo, uh, you mentioned, you know, owning your own restaurant was always a goal. It was in the back of your mind. When did it really start to come together and be like, okay, I'm ready to turn this dream into a reality? Well, um, it was like uh, maybe like, uh, seven. 2015? Or what are you? Huh? Where are you going with this? Uh, seven, seven years ago. Oh, okay. Probably. Yeah. Uh, it was like a seven years ago. Um, my brother... Uh, He's the owner of the restaurant in the South Omaha. This, the name is Taqueria Tijuana. He gave me the opportunity to run the restaurant, his, his restaurant. And uh, in that moment, I spoke with my wife and I said, okay, what about this? And it was like, uh, I mean, for me, there was a very good opportunity to learn. Because someday, for some reason, I say, someday I'm going to run my own restaurant. You know, but in that day, I said, okay, that's a good idea. Okay, I would do, this. I want to do that. So I tell her, and, and I remember, I said, okay, well, we'll see. I spoke uh, spoke with my family, too, and said, man, probably it's not a good idea. So everybody was like, nah, not very good, you know. But for me, there was, yes, I would to try, and I, I can do it, because I know I can do this, you know. and And I did. And months later, the situation it was not very good. Uh, every weekend, something happened. The dishwasher broken. The uh, um, problems in the refrigerators, stalls, and everything. I was like, oh. And I remember one day, since I I came home, and I felt like. Uh, and not happy, sad, but inside, I say, I will, I can do it, you know, but just this is, this is like a test for, 
for something good in my life, you know, and probably, and I told when I told when my brother say no, I told you don't do that, and everybody was like a not good uh, comments not, for me, you know, not supportive. Yes, exactly, and uh, that was not good. After that, I said no, I'm not say anything to anybody, you know, just for me, just keeping my in myself. And work and work and work and work. Everything was well. And I think a year later, I would say, oh, good job. You are doing a good job and everything. That was good. And I think that was good for my wife because she saw that. It was like a working. And she supported me. So after that day, she's always behind me and she's pushing me up when I'm not feeling good. you know. And that's what I told you. I want some lady behind me or my wife to have a future, you know, and that's what I, I'm very, I'm very happy with her because she did and she's doing it all the time. So after that, so uh, we finished that. Uh, we had a two-year contract basically contract, to run yeah. it while he was out of the country. And we opened the new restaurant for us in the Obi Mall. Mm-hmm. That was like a four or five years ago. 2017. And that was running. It was not good again. And people, oh, I told you this. Okay. But it was working and working. And some watches one day, I say, okay, I'm tired. I'm good. I'm not half profit, but I'm good. But I need to do something else, you know. And so for some reason, somebody, I remember the vendor, he told me, hey, Alfredo, do you see that in that area and the and the West, it's a one location. Probably it's pretty good for you. It's a small. I said, okay, let me check. Give me the phone number. So we take the phone number in. I'm the kitchen. She's the... The, uh, the voice. <laughs> the spokesman, the, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So she called and we did everything and it was pretty good. And I remember like uh, two years ago, it was... Uh, I. It was a year when opened the opened the Harrison Street. Everything do, it doing perfect. I remember the first money was not good, not good. Nobody, the sales was like a maybe no more than two hundred dollars per per day. And two months later, boom, it was pretty good. Everything was good, and I remember for uh, the next year it started like. Uh, it was last two years ago. We have reservation for almost more than thousand people for make a, a big parties, graduations uh, for uh, for catering, so. caterings for uh, Cinco de Mayo. So everybody's making a reservation, but the pandemic the pandemic came, and whew, I put all my savings in my restaurant, everything that was not good, but I keep all my my employees. You know, I told my wife, I say, okay, this is all we have. When this is gone, okay. But I'm not going to quit my employees or fire my employees. So I keep all my employees. And it was good. I have a, I don't know if this is, but uh, it's my philosophy. Mm -hmm. If you do something good, everybody Somebody going to do something good for you. 
and it was good. I think after the pandemic, when the pandemic was working, I keep my employees and everything. And right now, I want to say, I pay my bills. Everything is doing good. I'm tired again. And so everything is doing great. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good for my wife. And and I'm feeling good for that people say, you cannot do it. Because for that people, I say, yes, I can do it. And I will. You know, so sometimes it's good to, to have a... If you ever say, oh, yeah, you, you can do it, you can do it, uh, not good. Sometimes you need to something to say no. To You need a little motivation. Exactly, you know. They say, yes, I can do it. Yeah, because the theme that kept coming up in that story was perseverance. It was things didn't go great during a time at your brother's restaurant. Didn't matter. You kept pushing on. Things started slowly at the Oakview location. Kept pressing on. Things started slowly at 116th and Harrison. Just kept going. Pandemic hits. Whoever could have predicted that? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Just keep pushing. How did you guys adopt that mindset? Because I think a lot of weaker-minded people at some point would have just said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't worth it. We can't do this anymore. But you guys have pushed through. You have persevered. And you have now two very successful restaurants. How did you, like, where did you find that mindset? How did you get that energy to keep going? I think I'm I'm very I'm very grateful for my neighborhood I mean for the restaurant around because all the people around I say hey don't close I'll be back keep keep going keep going and just I remember one one day just one lady came to the restaurant and say hi how are you I'm fine. Everything is okay. Well, it's okay. We're trying. He say, uh, my husband came uh, just a couple of days ago, and your food is very, very good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to support the the local uh, restaurants. So I say, good. Thank you. And she say, uh, excuse me, can I play, can I make a player with you? A play for you? See? A prayer. A prayer for you? I say, Sure. And she make a prayer for me. I feel like, a, oh my God. I say like, a, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That kind of moments, it was like, okay, we can do it. And I, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, a lot of people make orders online. So that was pretty good for us because they're not coming, you know, for the pandemic. It was very bad. And uh, the second one, I think is I don't know, but people many in that area. I think they have a many people with business. I don't know if that's a big business or not, but they understand that you need that. Uh, many contractors come in and buy the food for all the employees, big orders, you know. And uh, uh, people buying for all the family, you know. So that was that was very good, you know. Maybe I don't know all a hundred percent all the neighbors, but I can see. Oh hi, how are you? You know, you know me, and they are very nice all the time. And they say, okay, don't worry, just keep, don't close, eh? don't close. 
say no, no, I will be trying. I'm trying. But yeah, so that was pretty good. And the only one is, I think, didn't like the food. Yep, it comes <laughs> back to food. If the food's good, people will come yeah, back. I think so. Yeah. I was going to interject just about the the kind of our journey um, from basically um, the you know, when we ran his brother's restaurant. Uh, that really for me um, was a, a kind of a turning point where, like I said, that you know, yes, you can cook in a restaurant, but you know, there's so much more to to be able to do. Um, and so I think that really um, gave him the the opportunity to prove to me that he could do all the rest of the stuff to run a restaurant. And it was a good opportunity, a very good opportunity, one that we're thankful for um, because we were able to take a an existing restaurant um, and you know, make it better. Um, we were able to you know, get the Yelp ratings up to where we made a BuzzFeed list and, and things like that during the time that we were there. Um, but it was a, a great kind of a practice for running our own restaurant. Um, we actually had one of the uh, one of our patrons there then, um, uh, Maria, um, who said, hey, you know, if you guys are looking to you know, open up something else, there's a place open in Oakview. And it's really been, we've had a lot of um, great recommendations for, for things to do with the business. We, um, if you think about West Omaha, it's very, uh, very difficult. If you just opened up a, a restaurant and hung your sign outside, people aren't going to come to you. They're not, it's not like on South 24th street where you have constant foot traffic or anything like that. You have to, people have to know to go looking. Um, so it was really a great opportunity for us, um, to be able to open up an Oakview mall, um, because of the fact that day one, we had, we had customers, we had, you know, our sign up there for, for months as we went through red tape trying to get open. And, um, and eventually basically, you know, people that worked in the mall and people had been there, you know, they were waiting for us to open. So it's a really, was a really great opportunity to start a business from the ground up, um, with something different that West Omaha at the time didn't have really any authentic areas or, or anything like that. Um, and so we were able to, to kind of take that step, um, build up, um, the business and the brand, uh, there in Oakview. Um, obviously, um, then, um, when it came to, yeah, somebody else recommending another place, hey, you guys ought to expand um, and making the recommendation to, you know, to go to Harrison. It's a an old pizza, used to be a, a pizza takeout place, um, and it's a very small restaurant. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things is like, oh, you know, kind of had to determine whether that's really what we wanted to do. Um, and there's definitely downsides to not having a lot of seating room or anything like that. But it was something that really, um, it, again, gave us a great location to start our second location. Um, they're in a great you know, area that's a very residential area, lots of families around there, lots of businesses, or some businesses, I guess. Um, but it's been, it was an opportunity then to, to take and, you know, take our existing customers, because um, not everyone wants to necessarily go into the mall. Um, so we had basically created that brand for ourselves with, there with the Oakview location, uh, so that we basically had people coming to look for us. Um, and it was something um, that when we first opened, yeah, you know, the first week or so was slow. Um, there was actually a, um, somebody who wrote about us on the Nextdoor app, um, whose food I paid for every for the next couple of weeks, I guess, <laughs> when, anytime he came in, because he wrote a glowing, um, he was one of our Oakview customers who uh, wrote a glowing review of our, the new restaurant out there. And, you know, kind of people then read about it in the neighborhood and started coming in. Um, and that really, you know, kind of once, uh, you know, our location's a little bit hidden. Um, we don't have great signage, but it's definitely been word of mouth that's spread um, about, about the restaurant and about the food that we have, especially uh, obviously the food is what, you know, really sells itself. Um, but that's been, you know, great. And it's been one of the things that, you know, at first it seemed like maybe that was an, a downside to having that location um, was, you know, the lack of kind of seating room when we created, you know, pushed the counter back and created a little bit more, more space there. Um, but it's actually was something that saved us. Uh, when it came to, we opened in July of 2019 
And yeah, what, nine months later, pandemic hits, um, and we had just started uh, the process to do online ordering right before um, things were, uh, we had the, the shutdown where uh, you could only uh, take out, uh, have food for takeout. Um, and it was great because in that nine months up until that point, we had kind of established ourselves as a takeout restaurant. You know, we weren't to the place that you're going to come and sit down with your family and, and have a meal or whatever if you have a you know, big family necessarily on a um, but it was a place that, you know, you'd go and pick up your food and take it home. And so that really, it was something that when the pandemic hit saved us because we were already established as your go-to spot for your, your, your takeout for your carry out. Um, and then we were able to, you know, add the online ordering as well at that same time within a week of, um, the Omaha being shut down for just, um, to be set to just ca- uh, carry out, um, and no seating in the restaurant. We were able to have online ordering and continue with our, our takeout and our carry out there. And that really, allowed us to, you know, to, to continue, you know, we didn't have a huge sit down restaurant, um, where we had, you know, wait staff that we all had to let go or, or something like that. We had, we were able to take that and, um, we did close down Oakview, um, for, I think the mall was pretty much closed for like two months there, but we were able Three to kind months. of, yeah, absorb those employees and, you know, keep them on the payroll there with, uh, working at the Harrison Street location. Um, and so what seemed initially, you know, was, was perhaps a downside of having a small location really kind of is what has you know kept us strong. We've got lower overhead because we don't have a giant restaurant. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, it's just been, uh, in the end, it turned out well, I guess, to, to just have that. And the word of mouth, like I said, the word of mouth, um, is really how we get the most of, most of our businesses. Somebody I, I heard about, I was, whenever I worked there, um, we have three kids, so I, you know, I, and I'm not always there at the restaurant or whatever, but the times when, you know, he he just needs a break or needs me to go in and help out, I'm always up at the front and work the front of the restaurant. I, you don't want me in the kitchen, um, but as far as running the front side of the, the business, that's, you know, really where my strong suit is, um, and talking to people, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, people are coming, and, you know, this is my first time here, and, okay, you know, let, let me know, you know, whether you have any questions, and, you know, get their order and stuff, and I always kind of ask, you know, well, how did you hear about us, and so much, so often it's, you know, that, oh, my neighbor said something, or somebody I work with, or, um, um, you know, I heard about you on Omaha Food Lovers, um, you know, or something like that on Facebook. And it's really, you know, we could spend a lot of money on advertising, you know, and, and blast, you know, TV and radio ads and things like that. But that's more us talking about ourselves um, than other people, t- you know, talking about us. And I think that there's a lot more to be said for somebody telling me, hey, I've tried their food. You should go try it um, versus just us trying to convince someone, you know, that it's good. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened to me. I, I came because, shout out to Pierre Cotrina from WD Cravings, he raved about you guys' food to me. And he's like, you got to try this. And I think I want to take this opportunity now as we kind of wind down to do the same for other people. I would highly encourage anyone to come out and try El Alambre. Get the, you can get the signature El Alambre if you'd like. like. Get that bubbly cheese on there. That sounds absolutely delicious. But I've had tacos, burritos, sopes. Uh, we didn't get a chance to really dive into like the lengua, which I think <laughs> is really good. The beef cheek is amazing. Um, Al Pastor. Basically anything, like, like we talked about earlier. And the meatless options, too, are all great. I would highly recommend it. Um, so this is, this is your siren call, Omaha. If you haven't tried El Alambre, go and check it out. Either Oakview or 168th and Harrison, a couple great locations. Uh, Alfredo and Alexis, thank you so much for giving me some time today and coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. No, thank you. All right. And as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Media Production.